Welcome to Unsung Stories, where we'll be chatting to unacclaimed mamas in the Christian world who love Jesus, are faithfully seeking to know and love God more, and pointing their families to Him. I'm your host, Laura Smith, and I hope that you will find solidarity with a regular mum living out the gospel in regular ways and be encouraged in your own unsung story. Thanks for joining us. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Unsung Stories. I hope and trust that you are going okay this week as most of our population is in lockdown of some sort. Uh, There's some really big feelings and emotions out there at the moment and I don't really want to add to the COVID narrative out there, uh, but my biggest encouragement would be to protect yourself. Uh, Have a break, turn off the news, mute those on social media that can cause that anger to bubble up inside of you. Uh, it's, It's okay to have a break and just focus on your family and what you guys need to do to survive because that is going to look different to the person next door or the friend on social media. Now, in the podcast world, it's not very cool to record so far in advance like I do, but I have to do that so I'm not miss cranky pants to my family as I get when under time pressure. But as I've listened back to the show this week, I actually think it's quite fitting given that many of us are in lockdown again. And so today, as we chat through Beck's story and the intertwining anxiety and depression of the last few years... I just would like to remind you that if you are struggling, especially in this current climate, please know that you're not alone and that there is help out there. You don't have to walk this road alone, especially while physically isolated. And I hope that your local church or a friend or your GP or Beyond Blue are all helpful and good places for you to start if you are needing to put your hand up and say, hey, I might need some help with this. And if you are in the thick of darkness, please know that you're not alone and that there are services out there like Lifeline for immediate support. Now, I've had a fair few messages over the last few weeks with people struggling in their Christian walk during lockdown. And I'm actually working on a quick show that I'm going to release uh, hopefully by the end of this week, just to specifically encourage us all through this COVID time. But can I quickly take this chance to remind all of us that our standing before God does not depend on the quantity or quality of our Bible time, nor our struggle with sin or our feelings of closeness to God. We stand before God redeemed by the work of Jesus on the cross and our trust in Him. And we can rest in that. His mercies are new every morning and He is so gracious and kind and compassionate and comforting and merciful to us. Keep seeking to know him and strive to put your sin to death. But remember that you're justified before the Lord, regardless of how we feel in these trying and hard times. So with all of that being said, how about we jump into today's show with Beck? So welcome to Unsung Stories, Beck. Thank you. Uh, just so that our listeners can get to know you a little bit more, could you tell us a bit about you and your family life and what everyday life looks like for you? Yeah, so this year I've been married to Dan for 10 years. Yeah, milestone. Uh, we have three kids, Dom who's six, Olivia's three and Josh is two. I'm an early childhood teacher trained but currently a full-time mum and wish there was training for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we all do that. 
So you've been a mama for six years now. How has the journey been for you? Um, journey's a good word. I think you just don't really know what you're in for until you have kids. Mm. Um, and then the expectations change come each new child as well. When I think back to pregnancy with my first, I had such rose-coloured glasses on. I feel like though from day one the rug was pulled right out from under me. From sleep mm. deprivation, feeding issues and anxiety, I've really just been brought to my knees and I think I was very naive for what we're getting into. Yeah, and was there a bit of, oh, this is my profession, like I know what I'm doing, kids are easy. Uh, people would make comments like that. Mm. They'd say, but you worked with kids, you know what you're doing. But I really <laughs> didn't know what I was doing. I still don't know what I'm doing. Like I handed them back after a few hours. Yeah, I didn't have to have them overnight. You didn't love them so much. Yeah, weren't as attached. Mm. Wasn't getting mm. paid. Well, I, I'm not getting no, paid you as a You're not a getting mom. paid. Yeah. 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 But if um, we truly knew what we were in for, we probably wouldn't make the plunge to have children, right? So. Correct. Correct. <laughs> yeah. So can you walk us through the last few years and what's been going on for your family? Yeah. Strap yourself in. Click <laughs> uh. <Plick>, clack. <laughs> Wait, what was the question? Um, um, can you walk us through the last few years of what's been going on for your family? Yeah. So um, Dan's been training in ministry for the last eight years. And uh, for the final four, he studied at Bible College. And whilst he did that, we moved down to Sydney as a family. We moved down when I was pregnant with our second child, Olivia. And I don't think I anticipated how hard moving away from all we knew on the Central Coast was going to be. I missed my family. I missed my church. I missed my support networks. I missed the wide open spaces. And one that I really didn't expect was I really missed the ocean. So, so much I think I took for granted but have since realised since moving. And then when Olivia was born, she was just a sad baby, uh, but we didn't know why, but it came out that she was suffering from silent reflux. And so she she just screamed all the time and wasn't happy unless she was upright on me. That was really tiring and hard. And then on top of that, being away from family support and all my familiar, sleep deprivation, my mental health took a toll. I felt sad. I felt angry, overwhelmed, felt defeated, and yet had to keep going. You know, I had these two mm. little people who I had to care for. I couldn't just who needed you. give up, even though that's what I wanted to do. So did anything help during that time? Yep. So Olivia was put on some medication for her reflux, so that yep. really helped. It was actually really good for our marriage because Dan had to pull back. Because we didn't have our support system around, Dan had to be my support. And so he had Mm. to pull back from college where he would have liked to have given more. So though that was really tough, I think it was really good for our marriage to, you know, Mm. give for each other and help each other survive through that crazy time. At around eight months, it felt like our heads were just coming up out of the water. Great. Yeah. When we found out we were expecting baby number three. Oh, no. Yeah. And so back under I went. Yeah. Yes, but once How the deed is done, all <laughs> <laughs> literally. Um, oh, Beck. Yeah, I laugh now, but. <laughs> yeah. How did you feel through all of that? Like that's that's a big thing. Like having a baby when it's not in your timing is really hard. Yeah, you know, there's all different sorts of emotion that pop up because of that. Yeah, what yeah. was going on for you? I just didn't know how I'd cope. That's how I was first Mm. feeling. Uh, We were living in a tiny two-bedroom townhouse. I didn't have family around the corner to help out. 
And I think I just went into action mode. Power on, we'll be fine. So I think pregnancy, I survived and I just powered on, put it to the back of my mind. We'll be fine. We'll be okay. And then we did move house. When Joshy was born, we moved into a bigger space still in Sydney. And I think I was okay. Like I was managing okay because a perk of college life is you have great big holidays at the end of the year. So Dan was around and I could just be with my new baby and he could help with the other two. But then when he went back to study, I I crashed. Mm. Felt like I couldn't manage. In what way did you crash? I think I was just feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. You know, I kept thinking this wasn't my plan. I was going to be a perfect mother, give my kids all the time they needed to grow and process emotion. And mm. <laughs> Olivia was really sad and jealous of Josh. So, you know, she, she was only, quite little. Yeah, she was only a baby herself. Yeah. And so... I felt tremendous guilt that I couldn't give to her and to Josh both what they Mm. probably needed. So once again, brought to my knees, feeling like a failure, dog tired and wishing I wasn't in the situation, Mm. which you then feel tremendous guilt about because it's your child. Mm. You know, I love Josh dearly, but I just wanted to meet him in a few years. (laughs) I didn't want to meet him so soon, but Mm. yeah, that's how I was feeling. So I don't know if anyone else knew what was going on for me because I think I just withdrew into myself and Mm. kept trying to just keep going. Whilst on the inside I was growing in frustration and fear and anger, Mm. I was snappy, I was flat, and so eventually plucked up the courage to tell my husband what was going on and that I wanted to talk to someone about it. And then when I went to see my GP, I found out I had mild postnatal depression. So it wasn't as extreme as others might experience, but yeah. postnatal depression nonetheless. Yeah. But I think having someone professionally tell me that, I felt liberated. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, how was that? Because that could be quite humbling or worrisome. So you liberated is probably not something that I've heard before. That's a <laughs> great description. Yeah, I think for a long time I just kept it all in my head and because yeah. I was having such a hard time, I felt like, oh, it's okay I'm having I'm mm. having a hard time because of this depression and yeah. I think you know you have thoughts of what's wrong with me why am I feeling like this why can't I cope mm. in this situation do you think that you were just depressed after your third or do you think this might have been something that you'd actually been carrying for a long time it's not super clear it's a little bit gray but mm. I, I definitely have struggled with anxiety for a long time and mm. after my first and second I definitely had a lot of anxiety overwhelming Mm. anxiety it's having panic attacks that I'd never experienced before so that was but I don't think Mm. it was depression I think it was just anxiety and how did that play out for you so you're mentioning that Joshy you're feeling flat after what did the anxiety look like after your first two children were born so Dom was a different a challenge in a different way Uh, we had a terrible time feeding and during a session with my lactation consultant um, she suggested that maybe I could come talk to her about anxiety and shame that she'd picked up on as she was doing sessions with me and she was a counsellor as well. Oh, great. Yeah, so she was a lovely lady. She gave a lot for like to see me and my kids and to support us, which was a real blessing at the time. What did you find helpful about seeing a counsellor during that time? Um, she helped me dig into the fear and anxiety and shame mm. I was feeling with parenting, with feeding, with 
you know, I've got to look after this little baby and my expectations are completely mm. blown out of the water and I just felt like I just didn't know what I was doing and was frozen mm. in, a, in a way and she helped me work through that. Brought up stuff from your own family history that she helped me uh, yeah. work through which helped me process how I was parenting. And even just feeding yeah. issues, like yeah. there's so much shame that can come when that doesn't go according to your plan. Oh, totally. Yeah. And there's so much negativity toward formula and stuff. That Yes. Know. And I think it's hi- maybe not heightened in Christian circles, but it's just the norm that, at least in my circle, that people breastfed. And so I bottle fed my first and, um, oh, I agree with you, just the shame of feeling inadequate. Mm. Um, like I had in my head that you just had to breastfeed and that formula was bad because it's not the best thing for them because you just hear all the benefits of breastfeeding. Yes, yeah, um, which yeah. it is great. but <laughs> It is great, yeah. yeah. God, he's a good designer. But when it doesn't work, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, fed is best and happy mum is best. Yes, so working through all that, lots of yeah, tears. Great. It wasn't easy. It was hard work sifting through all that stuff and but every time I walked out of there I was so thankful I'd gone because yeah. she just pressed the right buttons. She knew what to ask, she knew what to talk about and how to get me to think deeper about what was going on with all the emotions I was feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really hard to do because when you're already tired and exhausted, you, you don't really feel like going and tackling the hard things in life. Totally. And if that's your like your one hour of child free time as well, it's like, yeah. do I really yes. want to go spend that with a counsellor? <laughs> I'd rather go yes. sit in a cafe by myself or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, sounds like it was beneficial for you though. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned that you got pregnant unexpectedly with Joshi. Mm. How was that for you? Like you've kind of touched on that it was really hard. Was there any kind of heart issues that surprised you in all of that? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, shock and disbelief at first is really hard to mentally psych myself up for something I wasn't ready to revisit again so soon. Yeah, yeah. I knew what was coming for me and I had no control over it. So I think a lot of control stuff came out of like mm. uh, wanting to be in control and this wasn't my plan. Mm. I had this expectation that I was going to be there for my kids to just give them all the time and energy they needed from me. Mm. I don't know why, but I just had a passion for that. <laughs> and yeah. um, and that will set them up developmentally for life. <laughs> yeah, they won't be screwed up if I do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I wasn't even sure I wanted a third because I thought if we had two, then I'd be able to achieve that, you know, one-on-one. Yeah. And yeah. so it felt like I was just thrown into it and I had to do it and that was hard. Mm. Um, and I think it's very easy when in that headspace to only see the negative and fail to see an alternative perspective, even though, yeah, yeah it's just easy when you're out of it to see, yeah, a bit more of the bigger picture. So in my mind. Yeah, we think we've got the perfect plan, but mm. God had a different one for you. Yeah. But because my perfect plan didn't pan out, I thought it was going to be bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But I did have a light bulb moment which brought me out of that a little bit. Mm. It, I don't know where I was or what was happening, but it just occurred to me that often people's plans don't go as they had in mind. Mm. <laughs> I know that sounds really <laughs> obvious, but in the time it was really like, ah, oh, you know, there's infertility, people can be single but wanting to be married, you know, there's yeah. awful things that happen, sudden illness and loss. And that's not part of their plan. 
it just, I don't know, helped me shift my focus out of myself and my own situation and look up. You know, God still loves me. He holds me in this circumstance. And Josh wasn't a shock to him. That was a great comfort to me because (laughs) I just needed to depend on him. Yeah. Yeah. So when Joshy arrived and you mentioned that you're feeling depressed, how did that look for you? Was there a particular moment that you realised you were depressed and what prompted you to go and get help? Yeah, I think there's been times that have been worse than others. Mm. But initially I felt really flat and sad and overwhelmed and angry. So I was snappy with my kids. All my thoughts and things were negative. I found it hard to find joy in the little things. And I have this distinct memory. I remember sitting on the toilet. I think I had the older two in front of me. Quiet time. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That's when you think. (laughs) I think I had the older two in front of the TV. Josh was in the bouncer next to me. And all I wanted to do was go to the toilet in peace. And he was unsettled (laughs) and needing me and it just tipped me over the edge. And I was thinking, this wasn't my plan. I can't do this. The situations didn't really warrant the reaction I was having. So I think I did realise that and I called Dan and downloaded to him, probably cried and, you know, got to the point of I think I need to go get some help for this. And having had a history with anxiety, I knew my head's not in a great place, but I don't think I knew it was depression. How did Dan handle that? Oh, he's always been great with that, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, yeah, very gentle and a real support. So always listens and cares and was willing to make it happen for me in any way that we needed to. So a child-free visit to the GP sounded quite liberating to me, so off I went. <laughs> but, yeah, no, he's, he was very supportive and keen for me to um, try and get some professional help. Mm. I don't know if he knew it was where it was because I, the extent of where I was at because I just internalised a lot of it, hard yeah. to talk about it. Is that what you're naturally like? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> I just sort of go into myself and need a few days to process or weeks or months. Yeah, yeah fester on it. So you went to the GP? Yeah, and she was super supportive, wrote me a Medicare health plan and I booked an appointment with a Christian psychologist who was recommended through college. I think I just felt like I needed more than just a quick Skype chat that I'd previously been having with my old counsellor. I needed a space where I could just be away from my kids and talk. Yeah, and also I think different people are helpful. I think counsellors and psychologists are really great at giving strategies on coping and so the different people you can see would probably have different strategies. Yeah, I think after I booked the appointment I felt a lot better because I had a plan in place for moving forward. So once again, once the appointment rolled around, I thought, why am I going to this? I feel better now. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, it was helpful. She just gave me a bunch of strategies for managing simple things, things like exercise, scheduling space from the kids, making time for me to have space to just be quiet (laughs) and just process my emotions and there's lots of unhelpful thought patterns going on I needed to work through things like um, I can't do this and I'm a failure and things like that um, which you know aren't helpful for moving forward and aren't necessarily true I can't remember the specific strategy she had for that but we did work through a lot of that as well yeah she suggested I consider medication and I politely listened (laughs) whilst already (laughs) dismissing it in my mind. I think I was just scared. I didn't want to be dependent on medication and didn't know how my body would respond. 
So I worked hard to try and manage it in other ways. Yeah. Mm. So I saw her right up until like the week before we left Sydney. Yeah. And I was managing a lot better. Yeah, cool. Yeah. What happened after you left Sydney? So we moved back to the coast and I think that was really good because I had a lot more support up here. But then I had all three kids at home. No one was in daycare because we've just moved. And Dan was commuting. There were long days. And then good old COVID hit. (laughs) And I was full-time mumming and homeschooling and entertaining. And I just... Oh, my goodness. You know what it's like. (laughs) I wasn't alone in that. Yeah, but it's still very hard. Yes. And so I felt all the feelings returning and I felt like I was getting back to where I was before I'd started seeing a psychologist just those feelings of angry, snappy, negative, dreading the new day and having to do it all again. And I think what prompted me to go back to see someone was I just remember sitting next to one of my kids trying to put them to bed and just having this urge and this vision to just want to punch a hole in the wall. I was so angry. I just wanted the kids to leave me alone. And yeah. I remember thinking, I, th- Go to yeah, sleep. I think I'm overreacting in this situation. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps it's time to check yeah. in again. Yeah. So I think that's what pushed me to go find someone up here that I could check in with and get yeah. some help. And I did end up on medication this time. Yeah. Um, How was that for you? Yeah, I was nervous because this isn't a um, depression medication, but a pill has always reacted badly to me. So I've thought maybe just medications aren't good with me so I was scared but my GP was very supportive and I chatted with another girl who had been through a similar journey and she gave me her experience and advice on um, medication so that was helpful I went into the GP a bit informed so that was good and we decided to give it a go because I felt like I'd been working through this stuff for a few years now since Dominic anxiety to Joshi with depression and so we just went one very small dose at a time and I'm still on it. It's been very helpful. So I'm glad I did give it yeah, a go. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like you've had a pretty big few years and like a lot of really big feelings. How was your relationship with God during all of it? How did you feel as a Christian? Yeah, it's it's hard because um depression and anxiety sort of influence all spheres of your life. And so yeah. that includes your faith and relationship with God so I think initially I felt a lot of guilt and shame I remember singing a song at church that had the line of ashamed I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers and Mm. the word ashamed just really resonated with me Mm. yeah I felt such shame all I saw was my sin but had this wrestle of I knew that in Christ we have all we need that we have the great news of hope and joy but was not feeling hopeful or joyful. So, yeah, not knowing how to feel about all that. I knew that in Christ there was no more condemnation, but I was really condemning myself for feeling like the way I was. Why wasn't I coping better? And I think that made me scared to talk to God, was caused to believe the lie again that I had to have it all together to approach God, uh, which isn't the first time in my life I've felt like that. Not uncommon. Yeah. So through this experience with anxiety and depression, was there anything that you learnt about yourself or learnt about God during this time? Yep. I read a helpful book called Down, Not Out, Depression, Anxiety and the Difference God Makes. And there's a line in it that he says, mental illness can be attributed to the general fallenness of creation, so chemical imbalance illness, 
um, or specific transgressions of your heart or the combination of the two. So that was really helpful for me to assess what was going on. Was it sinful? Was it illness? And so to be kind to myself, because it is an illness, um, depression and anxiety mm. are a sickness, and so taking medication is okay and going to see professionals is good and helpful. And they're good gifts that God has given us to use. Yes, he can work through them. But also it was good to assess my own heart and what sin may be contributing to my head and my feelings. Mm. Um, and so for me I think they were pride and control. So I thought yeah. I could do it all on my own. I had my plan. My kids were going to be great. <laughs> and yeah. um, I wasn't going to be too overwhelmed because I was only going to have my two kids. And so when it didn't go as planned, I was humbled and forced to depend on God. Was there anything comforting in God's word that you could cling to? Yeah, I found it really hard to read my Bible during this time. I think just, you know, the fear and your head is just not in the place to sit down and read. But And I guess you were—you just mentioned that you were having these feelings of needing to clean yourself up to come to God. Yes. And so when you do feel like that, you don't feel worthy or good enough to read your Bible because you haven't been the greatest Christian yeah. in your own mind. Yeah, it's not motivating. Yeah. yeah, but I did cling to Psalm 23. I think it's just mm-hmm. a passage that I've known for a while. And mm-hmm. funnily enough, my counsellor, she one of the sessions I said to her that I'd been reading it and because she, she was a Christian and she said, oh, someone yeah. gave me that passage on a card this week and I knew it would come up for someone in one of my sessions and she <laughs> gave it to me so I had the little card in my bag that I would oh, that's pull lovely. out. Um, but I just read it over and over Um and let it wash over me. I know that it is a bit of an iconic psalm, mm. but for the mums who are listening who might be new to being a Christian or don't quite know it, would it be possible for you to read it for us? Yep. Um, psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Yeah, so I would just read it over and over and... There's a guy called John Foreman who has it in song, so I'd put it in the car and I would try and hear it and just um, let it wash over me and remind me of God's character. Mm. And it did bring me great comfort. You know, he refreshes my soul in this dark time and so I clung Mm. to that Yeah, when I felt like I couldn't do much else. Mm. Um, Do you have advice for any women who are walking alongside a friend who they think is struggling or is openly struggling with anxiety and postnatal depression because it is far more common than we realize Mm. do you have any advice on what you thought could have helped you or what did help you during that time Mm. yeah it's hard to say because each person will walk the journey differently I guess and want different things from people but my biggest advice is just to listen take her seriously Mm. if she seems to be expressing an element of 
not coping or mm. um, having a hard time. There are a few times I think in the depths of my despair I just wish I could share with someone but wasn't sure how it would be received. And then there were times when I'd flag it with people and, you know, plucked up the courage to say something and it was brushed off like, oh, you're just a sleep-deprived new mum, you know. Oh, yes, oh. we remember those days. And that's just not helpful if you really like yeah having a really hard time and you need someone to hear you so just listen (laughs) yeah bite your tongue because it is tempting to say those things and and I guess project your own feelings when you are also tired and feel down and not yourself Mm. but just giving her a chance to talk would be helpful yeah pray with her and what about for the mama who is walking a similar road to what you've been walking yep confide in someone you trust who will Mm. take you seriously. Um, For me, that was my husband and some close friends. But, yeah, if you can, or someone in your Bible study who you can trust and open up with, um, I highly recommend seeing a professional if you're at that point. It can Mm. only benefit you and your family. Um, The thing that used to convince me to go was, well, if this helps me be a better mum or manage my family better, then it can only be a good thing. Yeah, but the biggest thing is, I guess, hold firm to who you are in Christ, no matter how you're feeling. Mm. Feelings don't always provide the clearest indicator of who God is and his love for us. And it's very easy to believe the lies that both your head and the devil feed you in those dark times Mm. that you think are true. Um, So take rest in the truth, (laughs) yeah, that we know God loves us, that he sent his son to die for us whilst we were still far off. And we don't have to clean ourselves up to come to him. And that he carries mm. us through. And I think it's hard to read the word in those times, but if you can somehow feed yourself the truth, whether that mm. be how Dan used to read it to me sometimes when I just felt like I couldn't open it for myself. So maybe mm. ask someone to read it with you or to you, listen to it in song or audio Bible. Let the truth of the word be louder than your thoughts. Thanks, Beck, for sharing your story with us today, for being honest with your own mental health struggles and reminding us that we do not need to clean ourselves up to come to Jesus. Would you mind praying to finish up today's show? Father, thank you so much for who you are, that you are our Father who loves us dearly, that you would send your Son to die for us even when we were far off. So we can now approach your throne and speak to you, our Father, without uh, needing to clean ourselves up and and be good, but because we are your child. Um, Thank you that in the the hardest, deepest, darkest times of our life, you are still there. And uh, thank you that you've helped me to grow and learn more about you through this hard time. God, I pray for the mums out there who are in the thick of um, personal depression or anxiety or just struggling to get through day by day, I pray that you would be their strength and their comfort, even if their feelings tell them otherwise. Um, Would your word be clear and true? And um, yeah, would they trust your truth over their feelings, Lord? Um, Please surround them with good support networks of of friends, of women in their Bible study, spouses, family, uh, people who can support them to 
move forward, whether that be making meals and um, just being with them or helping them be freed up to go and speak and with a psychologist or a counsellor to get the strategies and space to process what's going on. Um, might they know that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and rest in that and know that you have them, Lord. Please hold them close to you and um, I pray that they would know you in this time, Lord. And thank you for our precious babies. God, they are a gift um, when they come and uh, help us to parent them well, to love them well and to raise them in the knowledge of your great love for them. Amen. Amen. Amen.